Hello and welcome to Detox for Vibrant Health. I'm your host, Jessica Green. Thank you for joining. I'm going to be covering some pretty awesome subjects and I've really tried to hone it in so it's a great mixture of um, helpful information, easy to do tips. I've combined it between uh, things that you just need to take care of once and then it's set and done. And then other things that are more habit changes and um, uh, things that you might be working on on more of a continually uh, continual basis. So today we are going to be focusing on water and I really wanted to start out with water because it seems it's so essential in um, in our overall detoxing, right? You need to stay properly hydrated uh, for uh, detoxing to occur. So that's why I'm kicking off with this. And you know, it just um, dawned on me that, you know, I should probably do just a tiny bit of an introduction on myself because not everyone knows me very well who will be looking at this or watching this video. Uh, I'm Jessica Green, and I am an autoimmune health coach. My shirt actually says autoimmune wellness coach. You could kind of go either way. And, you know, I've had my own story with uh, autoimmune diseases. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a struggle. It's been a bit of a combination of heartbreak and amazing realizations. And I have never, never once been so empowered in my entire life uh, since I got that first diagnosis. And if you've read some of my Facebook posts and Instagram posts, you'll see this come up again and again, this idea of empowerment, um, to not give your power away, to not, um, to not go down that rabbit hole of uh, symptom diagnosis and prescription to hide the symptoms right? We want to find out more. Why do you have a chronic illness? Why do you have an autoimmune condition? And that's, that's my whole approach to trying to get to the root cause with my clients, with the clients that I work with. And I really love my work. It's a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of helping women just feel so much better, feel so much better in their body, feel so much better about themselves, feel empowered to take control of their health because so much of your health is based on your choices. Much of it is diet and lifestyle choices and environmental choices, some things we don't have so much control over. So in this um, series, I'm going to be talking about things that you can control. It's also important to note that you know, there are over 200,000 classified autoimmune diseases out there. And I like to call them autoimmune conditions because I feel that diseases um, make it sounds like it, it makes it sound like it's permanent, like you have a disease, it doesn't go away. Whereas the word condition implies that, hey, you know what? It's a condition, it's a state of being right now, but it doesn't always have to be this way. And along with the 200 or so classified autoimmune diseases, 
there are 80 million Americans alone, 75% which are women who have diagnosed autoimmune conditions. And there are plenty more out there who have autoimmune conditions, but they're still at the earlier stages of the condition. Maybe they're experiencing brain fog, they're feeling like their metabolism is slowing down, um, they're just not feeling like themselves. Maybe they're tired all the time. Maybe they have some digestive issues. And it's so, so important to listen to your body and jump on board onto the um, healing yourself bandwagon uh, to try to make these changes before it becomes something that you really, you know, you're going to go to the doctor and get diagnosed and get handed a pill. Why not work on how to resolve this? before that state happens. So that's my goal and my dream through these um, more informative posts that I'm doing. So again, if you're just joining, I'd love to hear where you're from. So go ahead, type it into the comment section and uh, maybe a little bit more about what you're hoping to learn in this series. So again, I started out the conversation uh, talking about water. So we are going to talk about um, water, uh, components of water or additives to water, how those affect our body and how you can remove those safely so that you could have good, healthy, filtered water to help fuel your body, fuel your cells, and to detox properly. And remember, staying hydrated is so important. You want to drink at least half your body weight in ounces of water. So if you're a 120 pound woman, you would drink 60 ounces of filtered water, okay? So I'm going to start off talking about chlorine. And I know it feels like, oh yeah, chlorine, I kind of already know, it doesn't taste good, it's not great for you. But I did wanna head off the conversation talking about this because it's so important. Um, and there's some things that you might not be aware of just yet. Um, so many of you know chlorine is added to the water, uh, potable water, as a disinfectant to kill bacteria. And it's also used in swimming pools. Now, some areas are changing to something called chloramine, which is more stable, but just as toxic. All it means is that, say, if you were sitting out this glass of water, it's already filtered, but say if it did have chlorine, if it was just chlorine, then the chlorine would um, evaporate over time, right? When you're sitting it out or if you're uh, boiling water. Now with chloramine, it doesn't do that. It sticks around. So it's a trick that you could do with some things like chlor uh, chlorine, but not with chloramine. It's been used since the late 1800s. And it's been used since the late 1800s, not because it's the safest, but because it's the cheapest right? Uh, the U.S. Council of Environmental Quality says, and I'm reading this, it, it's in quotes, cancer risk among people drinking chlorinated water is 93% higher than among those uh, who are not drinking water containing chlorine. So we do know that it's a cancer-causing agent. It's to, disruptive to our cells. And um, it's important to note also that we absorb much of this while we are taking showers because the shower water is hot, it's steamy, 
Chlorine is a gas, it vaporizes right away and we breathe it in. There's just a lot of exposure through that. It could also cause a lot of skin irritation issues. It could cause burning, itching, red, dry skin and scalp. It could be really uncomfortable. So um, really important to note that it's not just the swimming pool, it's not just the drinking water, but it's also your shower water. Now, I'll get to the end. When I get to the end, I'll talk about things that you could do in your own home to help uh, reduce your exposure to chlorine. Uh, the next thing I'm going to be talking about is fluoride. Now, fluoride was originally added to the water supply in the 50s and 60s here in the U.S. And it was added to prevent cavities. But we now know through more recent studies, I think 2004-ish, uh, that fluoride is only effective when it's topically applied to your teeth. It's only effective in remineralization when it's topically applied to your teeth, not when it's ingested. Okay, so super important. I know you think, well, this is what was decided in the 50s. It must be true today. But trust me when I tell you that science changes over time, right? We all once believed in Newtonian physics. Now we believe in quantum physics because more and more research has come out. So information changes, research changes, science changes. Now, um, I did want to add that the interesting thing about the 50s and 60s when fluoride was first added to the water, it quickly became a way for fertilizer industries to um, get rid of their toxic fluorosilic acid materials uh, without having to pay to get rid of it. So it's, it's a toxic substance. It's supposed to be disposed of in a hazardous waste uh, site. And instead, municipal water supplies or um, water supplies are buying that. So now we're paying uh, an industry, a fertilizer industry, to dispose of their hazardous waste and we're putting it into our drinking water. I do think something is at work here from um, a business standpoint, a profit standpoint, and it's not necessarily helpful for us. Um, one thing that uh, fluoride does to us, uh, in this case, fluorosilic acid specifically, it causes fluorosis of the teeth when we ingest it. And so what fluorosis is, is pitting, um, modeling, and also weakening of the teeth. And I have some spots, a few spots on my teeth that are modeled. They, they kind of look like a funny color. I've seen much, much worse examples of this and um, a variety of people that I've met over time. And um, it's, it's really a little bit more prevalent in young children uh, as well. And I wanted to note this because the um, recommended allowance for fluoride in the water supply was based on an adult white male, not young children, certainly not young children of color, <laughs> not even women, right? The dosage is based on a white adult male. And so it's not, it's not really safe for one thing, and it's certainly not safe at the dosage that is allowed or even recommended in the water supply for 
a whole section of the population. The other thing that's really interesting about fluoride and why it's not used globally in the water supply is that uh, there have been reports from India, China, and Iran showing that it increases free radicals in the brain and causes neurodegeneration and hence reduces IQ of children. So that's pretty significant. Uh, the other thing that it does is it's a hormone uh, disruptor. It is an endocrine disruptor. It affects your thyroid, your pineal, your pancreas, and your adrenal system. And ingesting doses of fluoride that fall within the range of approved doses has been shown to alter your thyroid function, elevate the levels of thyroid-stimulating hormone, calcitonin, parathroid hormone, and impair glucose tolerance and increase prevalence of a goiter. Mm -hmm. It's really important to note that since the introduction of fluoride in the water supply, the prevalence of goiters and autoimmune thyroid conditions have just gone up and up and up. And I don't think that's a complete coincidence. Um, one other tidbit I wanted to leave, well, two, the National Research Council reported summarizing 23 studies that observed adverse hormonal effects of fluoride at concentrations of one to four milligrams per liter in drinking water. And this is, this is an acceptable dosage. It's also important to note that most European countries don't allow the addition of fluoride to the drinking water because it's considered drugging the population without consent. And it's not been proven to be 100% safe and beneficial. And uh, many of you might know this or might not know this, that most European countries work on the precautionary principle. That means they will only implement something that has been proven to be 100% safe. So it has to be proven to be safe before it's let loose, right? Uh, which is opposite of the US where something is put out there, we are all guinea pigs, and then, then we find out what happens. You know, DDT, fluoride, all sorts of things. Um, I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention the third thing, the third, uh, this is an actual, an addition to water supply, but it is um, common in many water supplies, and that's lead. And I sh I'm sure that you've seen many reports recently on lead poisoning in water supplies across the US. Some of it might be due to uh, industrial waste leaching into the groundwater, the groundwater being um, impacted in a way having lead in the water. The other thing though is corroded um, pipes. So uh, corroded pipes and faucets, they corrode over time, so very old pipes and old houses. Uh, and it corrodes more if there's a high acid content in the water or low minerals in the water. Now, prolonged elevated lead exposure can cause things like anemia, weakness, digestive issues, memory issues, depression, serious neurological effects, as well as miscarriage. This is really, really important. Now, it's no fun to hear all that without knowing exactly what you could do. Some simple tips. Now, I won't go over everything, but these are things that I feel are really straightforward for you to be able to implement. One, 
this is the least actually um, probably straightforward for you to implement, but one option is if you live near a natural spring that's been tested on a regular basis for harmful organisms like Giardia, drinking that water is probably the best thing that you could do for you. When I was at Swiss Mountain Clinic with my family, and I wrote about this in my blog, that um, the building, the whole clinic, was fed by this amazing spring. And the spring water was just perfect. It had been tested ongoing for things like Giardia and for other contaminants. And it, it's just so much more uh, hydrating than uh, filtered water or processed water that we get through our tap. And so um, that's kind of like the number one thing. If you have that circumstance, certainly take advantage of it. The next thing is to add chlorine filters to your home. You could do a whole house system. This is a little bit more complex. You'd probably hire a plumber to do this. And it's a little bit more pricey, but it would include a particulate filter. And then it could include like a carbon filter. So water would go through both of those to help keep out some of the chlorine. Another thing that you could do is add chlorine filters to shower heads and use a bath chlorine filter as well. So important, especially if you have young ones, to use a chlorine filter for your bath water. Now these are simple additions. Most of you should be able to do this yourself unless you don't have a wrench, maybe borrow a wrench from someone, but usually these are all pretty easy to install. Use a chlorine and fluoride filter for your water. This is so important. A Mavia filter just filters chlorine. It doesn't do fluoride, for instance. Most ones that you would find just like a pitcher that you would put into your um, refrigerator, those are only for chlorine. They don't do anything for fluoride. Fluoride's really hard to take out of the water. So there are some options though. I personally love Berkey water filters. Now you could get them with the carbon uh, filter as well as the fluoride filter. So they work together synergistically and um, the filters usually last about six months, I think. Always remember to replace the filters whenever the recommended um, length of time has, has happened because you wanna make sure that you're always getting that quality filter water. And these come in really nice stainless steel um, setups. They're like um, stackable, they're like stacked um, cylinders. And so you just have them in your kitchen. They come in multiple sizes depending on your family size. Then there's also reverse osmosis filters. Now you could get countertop versions or under countertop versions. It's important that all these filters that I'm talking about do remove lead as well. So I'm, I'm adding that in as well, the chlorine, the fluoride, the lead. And these filters also take out pathogens, a few other things that we don't want in our water supply. Uh, distillers are another option. However, the structure of the water doesn't make for great drinking water. It's just, it lost a lot of its structure when it goes through the distilling process. Now, uh, reverse osmosis also has, you know, a, it takes out minerals too. So like if you want your water to taste good with a reverse osmosis, um, you know, it's kind of an interesting conundrum. How do you add back um, minerals to your water so that one, it tastes good and two, it's not devoid of all minerals. The Berkey water filter on the other hand, 
allows for some minerals to stay put and it doesn't doesn't taste bad it tastes like water always use filtered water for food prep and for cooking so it doesn't matter if you're boiling an egg if you're um, you know uh, washing some salad greens anything like that definitely use filtered water you definitely don't need to be adding chlorine to your uh, food supply and if you're eating out you can also bring a pro pure straw which filters fluoride from the water and I'm kind of excited about this I actually use this when I was still working in my corporate job as um, a high-performance building specialist at Starbucks and uh, I had a little pro pure straw that I had with me so that I could you know fill up my water bottle and I just stick the straw in that instead and um, ProPure actually has a whole lineup of fluoride filtering um, filters. And uh, the reason why I tend to lean towards Berkey is because Berkey has stainless steel options, whereas ProPure has more plastic components in it. But they also carry the reverse osmosis devices. So definitely, both websites are great for a lot of information and resources. And I would definitely compare the two. Um, Thank you for listening to this episode on Detox for Autoimmunity, episode one. This is the third episode of my podcast, which I'm super excited about. I'm also so excited that this is just one of an eight-part series focusing on detoxing for autoimmunity. So stay tuned for the next one. Also... As you know, I do work with clients one-on-one. If you're interested in setting up a time to chat with me, just go to my website to book that chat, www.jessicagreenwellness.com. Hope to see you there.